Yes, 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 yes. Hey guys, this is Gerald Peters. Welcome to the money flow. At its core, this principle, this concept, this idea of trying to become more abundant, dare I say become rich, if your goal is to become rich, that process can start at any time, at any place in life, at any age, to any gender, race. It's not where you come from. It's not about where you went to school about how much money you have now or how much you don't now any one of these you can have vintages without a doubt i started with nothing and i still got a long ways to go and you might start with something you still have a long ways to go i might lose a little i might lose a lot you might lose a little you might lose a lot and we're all on this same planet this planet that needs money the planet circulates based on the need of money. You need money to pay for insurance. You need money to get the kids into college. You need money for the next car. You need money. And so there's this constant suck, this constant drain on us, on our resources. <clears throat> People we love drain our resources, unfortunately. And this is why we need resources. This is why we as kings and queens, as leaders, as, as occupants of our space on this earth, as this time continuum, we don't know how long we're going to be. But we're, we need to dominate an area. We need to sovereign. And the only way for you to sovereignty is to build your own money. Faith. See, wealth, wealth, space between you and the problems of the world. Most problems are solved with money. And if they can't be solved, they can be assisted. It can be helped. And so one of our greatest concerns greatest growth, no matter whether you're 16 years old or 80 years old, is this process of maintaining and keeping yours. That's your wealth. That's your time, your talent, your treasure. And in order to keep it, starts with a philosophy. The Money Flow Trading System is a book that I sell, but it's a philosophy. The book that I give away, You Don't Have to Die Broke, it's just a philosophy of life. It's a way of living, much like a religion, Islam, Buddhism, uh, Mormonism. Those are philosophies. They're ways of living. Now, the, 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 they may say this is the truth. This is the only way. Muslim says this is it, Allah. And the Buddhist says, no, 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 no. There is no one God. It's just this, this, right? And the, the Indians, the native Indians say, no, it's a great spirit, man. And in Egypt, it's raw. And all these people hold the truth. And the Mormons and the Baptists and the Jesuits, the Christian, uh, the, the Catholics, everybody seeming to hold some sort of. And yet within all of those systems and all of those ideas and all of those structures, they all have one thing in fucking common. They all need money. They all need money. Used to be a time in this country being a millionaire was a lot of money. It's really not. Now, it's a lot of money when you don't have money, but a million dollars doesn't keep you from working. You understand that, right? Oh, if I had a million dollars, yeah, if you had a million dollars and you're willing to fucking eat it and spend it, then maybe. And if you want to live, you know, this, the simplest, simplest of lives, then it'll do that for you. But what a million dollars does represent is options. See, if you had one million dollars invested in dividend stocks, you would have options. You could decide, I don't want that job. I'd rather have that job because I like that job better 
Because why? Because I make four, five, six thousand a month doing nothing from my investments. My time, my talent, my treasure has been stored in wealth. This is a philosophy. Being a person who stores money in things that appreciate or produce cash flow or, right, or, 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 or you just think they're simply undervalued or going to go higher or it's an asset you want to own. See, there's a difference between a guy that buys Rolexes and a guy that buys a new Casio every time his watch breaks and he buys a new one, he buys a new one. The guy who buys the Rolex in 1986, in the year 2050, the Rolex will be working just fine. It'll still be worth thousands of dollars. I mean, it may not be worth what he paid for, but it'll be very valuable because very few are made and it's made with such precision and it's such a quality thing. It takes one fucking year to make a watch. You know that, right? So I have a 1986 Rolex and it was $4,000. It was $1,200 when they sold it in 1986 and today it sells for $4,000. Now, that's one watch. It went up. What if another guy just bought new watches, new watches, new watches, new watches, Casio, iPhone watch, just shitty cheap watch after cheap watch after cheap watch for his entire life. And the other guy just bought a couple Rolexes. When one dies, he leaves three Rolexes to his son, 60, but you know, 50, $60,000 maybe. The other guy leaves what? Nothing. That's just one example of value or, or, or philosophy of where to place value. Would you rather have a bunch of inexpensive ones or one really beautiful one? That's a value proposition, right? It's a value proposition. And so, so is what we do with our money. That's just an example. I use in my book, this became super clear to me. One time I was in the, I had extra money and I was out looking for a car and I started looking at classic cars like 68 Camaros, Mach 1 Mustangs, you know, badass cars. And I decided to pass and, you know, maybe it was wise, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Because of, I don't really, I'm not a me mechanic. You may see me on Instagram. I'm working on houses. I'm getting dirty. I'm painting. I'm on roofs. I'm fixing shit. I work on houses, right? I write books. I talk. I teach. But I am not a mechanic. That is one of the, I'm not a cook and I'm not a mechanic. I'm just not good at those things. If you used to turn in a wrench, I'm not good. If it's shooting a hammer or nail gun, I'm pretty good. You get what I'm saying? So, so, so that's, that's, that's not my strong suit, but I really wanted a 1970 Mach 1 Mustang or 68 Camaro or any number of other classic cars. And I was looking and I had the money and it was $32,000. And it, instead I bought a two year old BMW 525i series, beautiful car. I love that car too. And I loved that car. I kept it for 10 years. I ultimately sold the car for $4,000. At the same time, I happened to be looking again at Camaros, and I'd keep an eye on these things just periodically. It's, you know, it was a voyeurism looking. And that same car was selling for $62,000. Same year that I'd looked at 10 years earlier had doubled in value. Now, I get it. You say, well, you couldn't have, you know, couldn't have drove it every day. It's not an everyday driver. I work from home. I don't take the Beamer to the rental properties. I use an old truck, right? So I could have had it and I could have put it in a garage. And when I, and 10 years later, I could have had 60,000 or what? Four fucking thousand. I lost all the money that I put into the BMW that I enjoyed. And now, now again, that may not be a practical exchange, but it does show you a value exchange of money. Again, one of the guy who did the 
classic. Also did the, the the Rolex. Also did land. Also made that same decision with his personal home. Also made that same decision with stocks. And you see a life lived of a value proposition. That is a philosophy. Meaning the exchanges, he's looking for the value exchange. I don't want to rent a beach house. I want to own a fucking beach house that I rent out. I can use it anytime I want. I get to ride the appreciation and whenever I want, I can send my friends and kids. They get to use the beach house and I get to look like a good guy. That's pretty fucking smart. If you have extra money, can I let you know something? Beach property goes up, okay? And if you can own it and no one can take it from you because you got your money right, instead of buying Casio watches, you're buying Rolexes. Do you see the difference? Because the Rolex appreciates. Yes, the beach house costs money. Yes, it does. But guess what? It appreciates. At the end of owning a beach house for 10 years, it's likely to have doubled in value. Not counting if we didn't. What if we put it on Airbnb? What if we did long-term renting? What if we had to rent it the whole fucking time? What if we bought the beach house and rented to people who wanted to rent beach houses for two or three months? And that was the business we were in. Right? You see the props and you say, well, yeah, but you're not always making the best return. I know, but fast forward 10 years, what does one guy have versus the guy who didn't do the beach house at all? Because of fear, indecision, and doubt, or whatever. He didn't have a philosophy of making money with money, of trying to get rich, of making life decisions in such a way that as you go forward every day, you get a little bit richer. That's what the You Don't Have to Die Broke is about. It's a philosophy. So I may only buy one share of Uber today, or one share of Lyft, or maybe I buy 10, or maybe I buy a little bit of Bitcoin, or a little bit of Ethereum, or maybe I go and I work on a property. Like It's every day pushing my intent. Every day I want to get a little bit richer. So if we're going to go on vacation, could I make some money doing that? Could it be a write-off? Could there be a way that I can structure this? If I'm going to buy this phone or I'm going to buy this refrigerator or if I'm going to go over here or look at this land in my neighborhood. And what if as a, it just becomes a flow of all of these things? And that flow will look different for you based on where you live. You know, Life is different in Miami than it is in Huntsville, Texas. The side hustles that are available, the things you could flip, the things you could buy, the condos. I don't know. I don't live there. Sometimes people will ask me about real estate in Queens, New York. I don't know. I just know here. I know here. And I know I'm starting to look into tourist areas. Why? Because I want to push my intent into the universe. I want to go and do some adventure. I want to go somewhere that I haven't been. And that's for me. And other people are going to come along and I want to go buy a trophy property. I grew up in a trailer park. My grandparents never had anything. My mom and dad barely have anything. You know, I'm worth five times my dad. And I'm worth probably 50 times his debt, okay? And so, and it's not that I'm rich. I still have to get up. I have to work. I need to make money. I got taxes coming up, right? I owe 50,000 a year in property taxes. I owe like 50, 60, 70,000 in, in federal taxes. That's, that's $110,000, guys. So I got to get up and got to push my intent universe. And I got to collect rent. And I got to fix things. And I got to trade. And I got to move stocks. And I got to make sure that I'm making wise decisions every day. Is this the best thing to do with our money? Or is it okay to lose this money? Can I just throw out five and lose it and say, fuck it? And if I can, cool. It's at least consciously been acknowledged, right? Is, or am I still moving forward in the universe? So if I made 22,000 this month, I set aside for taxes. I invested, say, four or 5,000, couple into some growth, some into my buy and hold. I lived on five. That gave us some spare money. That's a beautiful month. I conquered the month. I enjoyed life. I pushed my intent out further. I expanded my investments and I got richer every day. And as I move forward into the universe, realizing that things are going to come at me that I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I don't know. Horrific shit can happen to you. 
And you still got to control this. And when the horrific shit happens to you, being rich makes it easier. When your mom dies, being rich makes it easier. When your brother dies, being rich makes it easier. You can turn to your sister whose husband died and say, listen, sis, here, mourn. She's not worried about money. You just gave her money because you worried about money every fucking day. <clears throat> That's the missing part. That philosophy of wanting to have more. The purpose for having more is to be able to help other people. People get that confused. They start helping other people before they have the money to help. And then because of that, they never get to build the money to actually help a lot of people. And so in their, in their personal greed, in their personal selfishness to help one person, they don't get to help 50 people. You get it? Think on that for a minute. I meet people all the time that can't grow, can't save, can't invest because they're helping people. And you say, well, that's wonderful. It is, but let's help 100 people. We need more people who can help 100 people, not one person helping one person, right? And so we can't let one person keep us from helping 100 people. And so there has to be a time. You have, you have to, you have to be getting richer every day. Like you have to be thinking about it. And I'm not saying fixate on it. It's the only thing you think about. But you can't let days and days, days upon days go by and you don't understand your 401k. You don't understand your fees. You don't understand what it's invested in. You're not quite sure if you have it allocated correctly. I highly doubt the idiot at HR, the guy that comes in and talks to you once a month, knows what the fuck he's talking about. If he did, why does he even have a job there? If you know so damn much about money, why the fuck are you working for money? Like, that's my first question all the time. Unless he's working for money for money. Meaning, if he's made so much money that now he just runs money, I'm all ears. Because that's a guy that knows how to make money. Right? But you just work in a building, managing other people's money, and you don't have any money yourself. Meaning, what is your financial advisor's net worth? Ask that guy. The guy comes into your HR to talk to you about your... 401k, what's your net worth? You might say, well, what's that have to do with it? It has a lot to fucking do with it. Why the fuck am I listening to you? How much are you worth? Make sense? I mean, I want my fund manager to be rich because all of his funds are in his funds. Kathy Woods got rich because she put all her money into ARC funds. She started it. She seeded it with the first $7 million, right? The Peters Hedge Fund was seeded by me. I'm the only investor. Well, counting my family, I guess. There's two others. Right. But my responsibility is to grow the net worth of this fund. And our fund consists of dividend stocks, some funds, some mutual fund stuff. Right. Some some ETFs. We have we have interest in oil. Right. We have interest in packaged goods. We have interest in telecom. We have interest in biotechs. Oh, you didn't know this was a business for me. Oh, you thought it was mental masturbation. I'm in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. That's what I'm doing. <clears throat> it's not what I'm doing. I'm running a business. I'm in the business of making money with money. Now, that, 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 that time frame can play out. There can be moments where we get out of whack. See, the best time to make money with Bitcoin, yeah, we should buy some now. But fuck, don't I wish I bought it every, during every sell-off. What if the only time I started buying Bitcoin is when it went red? If every day's red, I bought some Bitcoin. I just did this all the fucking time. Oh, it's down today. I think I'll buy $25. What if you bought $25 every time Bitcoin dropped? Every time it was negative, when you check, you check every day at the same time. If it's negative, you buy some. If it's positive, you don't. And if it's negative, you buy some. And if it's positive, you don't. And you just do this for the rest of your life. You'll be rich as fuck. What is that? That's a philosophy. But it's through the power of repetition. 
right? That what you do over and over and over and over and over, if you practice the piano every day for 30 minutes and four or five years, you're going to be pretty decent at playing the piano, right? If you go to the gym three, four, five days a week and you do it consistently week after week, year after year, you're going to get in good shape. Right? If you begin to study finance and money and practice trading and move in and out, don't act like an irrational, emotional bitch and actually maintain yourself and look to look and you look at opportunities and you study the cycles and you look at it and you step back with the big picture. You begin based on your philosophy to get a little bit richer. Maybe this week your net worth went down because stocks go up and down. This is why in the book I talk about you have to have cash reserves. You can't be all invested in the stock market. You have to have cash reserves. Why? Because you need to give the stock market time to recover if something happens and you don't need that money. That's the whole point of having money that's not in the stock market. It's fucking insurance. But when you're of the mindset, I have to have every penny invested, then guess what? You will at some point have a problem. It's called fucking history. It happens over and over and over and over and over. And so you don't, this is why you don't put all your money in one stock because it's always been stupid. Now, if you want to get the richest and you're willing to take incredible chances, that is how you do it. And so you have to ask yourself who you are. See, I'm not smart and I don't believe I'm smart enough to pick the one stock. I didn't know it was going to be Amazon and it happened right in front of me. I didn't know it was going to be Tesla and it happened right in front of me or Google. Yeah, you could have went all in on any of those. But would you have? You know how many fucking times Tesla's fallen by 50, 60 percent? Bullshit. Almost everyone on here been crying. Oh. Everyone I know does. Every fucking sell-off, I hear them cry. Oh. And they're all saying the same shit, Gerald. Truth is, I have my buckets out of whack. I can't add any money to it because I'm not doing the second hustle. I, have, I probably don't even fucking work five days a week if I did work. Most of the time, I spent with my fucking family, my friends, fucking traveling back and forth. I spend more time on the couch doing shit than I do actually getting paid to do anything. And so, yeah, you wonder, well, I don't have any money. I don't have any money. Talking to a kid yesterday. He's at home. He's getting paid not to work. And I'm like, well, I would call whoever I used to work for and say, I work for half under the table if you pay me cash. Why? Because it's free money, man. There's a dollar amount you don't work for. I'm worth millions of fucking dollars. I work for a dollar an hour if it's the only dollar I can get. But I have a different philosophy than you do, maybe. I'm trying to actually get rich, man. Like, I'm in a fucking hurry. I'm, I'm pissed about it. I need money. I need things coming in, man. I need to put shit. I need to invest in shit. I have things to buy. Uber's on sale. Tesla's on sale. Airbnb's on sale. DoorDash is on sale. Do you fucking see what is happening around you right now? All of the greatest companies in America are on fucking sale. If that doesn't take your ass to work or make you look for a way to get some money to buy some of these, something is wrong with you inside. I doubt that you truly are seeking to get rich. I fucking doubt you're even supposed to be a trader. And I highly doubt you should even be in the market. If that doesn't make you excited. But that would require playing the long game. Pillar number six. Right? The big picture. Steel stocks are through the roof. Steel stocks got so fucking boring, I stopped talking about them. I used to only talk about buy and hold when I first started on the Instagram. Why? They were on sale. They were on sale. Remember? Go look at my first post. Go all the way back on my Instagram. You're going to see what? Kellogg's. Starbucks. They were on sale. Procter & Gamble. I bought it like 80% ago. Like I'm up 80% or some shit. It was like 40 bucks. They were being sued. 
all the dividend stocks sucked. Nobody wanted to own them. It was all about ARC funds and all about growth stocks. And then it flipped. And just like that, all those stocks that I've been adding to on stage ones for fucking years and years and years, I'm up $75,000 this year in just dividend stock appreciation. In one, that's one account. What am I saying? Probably up like three, 200 and something thousand. So my net worth increased $200,000 this year. Yeah, that's about right. From shit that I owned last year. It just went up in value. Why? Because the nation turned from growth stocks to dividend stocks and I've been buying them. Guess what I'm not buying now? Dividend stocks. Guess what I am buying now? Growth stocks. I want to be greedy when other people are fearful. You can't do that when your money's fucked up. So right now, if you're all out of fuck, you're like, fuck, I can't buy stocks. This, this, this. That's because you got your buckets wrong. You got your buckets wrong. Fix the buckets. And you'll be ready for any cycle. Build wealth that's non-negotiable, that you don't touch, and you'll be ready for the next recession. Let me let you know something if you're 30 years old. You're going to have fucking 200 of these. They're going to happen over and over and over and over. So if you go around spending your time trying to figure out how to avoid these, you're fucking stupid and wasting your time. Let's be honest with you. You're stupid and you're wasting your time. Stupid and wasting your time. Now, some people get mad about that. I'm just trying to shortcut it, man. I don't want to cookie coat it. I don't want to guru you. I want to tell you the fucking truth. Get your money right. Get out of fucking debt. Get rid of student loans. Stop using your fucking credit card. Work one extra day. Stop fucking taking time off and get this shit right. It takes seven to ten fucking hard years to build the base to get rich. Everyone goes through the same thing, right? I don't give a fuck if you bought Dogecoin and you just made $600,000. Talked to a guy yesterday that did it. And he said, what would you do with it? And I said, I would do the, uh, the plan, man. You have any debt? Yeah, pay it off. Oh, okay. Well, don't call me. I don't care if you have a dollar or 600 fucking thousand dollars. It's the same plan. By getting out of debt, you control you. You now own your entire fucking world. The only thing you want to carry debt on is real estate or things that will pay you. So if you can justify to me that the business that you have debt on pays you money and it's legitimately profitable and it actually is, that would make sense. But if you're just thinking or hoping or fucking guessing like the guy I met who financed a $120,000 truck for a business he didn't quite have down yet and he's making zero fucking money, that's stupid. I would use an old truck. I would lease a truck. I would borrow a truck until proof of concept there's actually money there to be made. Right. So if I go invest in Bitcoin, I can look back over the last 10 years. What has Bitcoin done? It's averaged 198 percent compounded return year over year for 10 consecutive fucking years. Talking to a guy today, super smart. He says he can't continue that. And I said, why not? He goes, well, it's happened too many times. And I said, well, how many is too many? And he said, what do you mean? I said, how many years is too many? So if something compounded 200 percent for three years in a row, is that too many? And he goes, well, yeah, that's a lot. And so what about six? He said, yeah, that's a lot. I said, what about 10? That's a lot. I said, what if it went for 20? If it went for 20, you wouldn't have bought it because after three, it did it? That don't make any sense to me. It's going up. Do you understand? Even though it's going up, it goes down. <laughs> Even though Bitcoin is averaging compounded 200%, 198% for 10 consecutive fucking years. So if you're like, well, I don't like Bitcoin, you're stupid. I was stupid. At some point, I had to realize I'm fucking stupid. Like I was looking at this and I, and I read that and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what? I don't know how I didn't know this. And I, I mean, I knew it, but I didn't know it. You know what I mean? It was like an epiphany. And I go look and I listen to this guy, Michael Saylor, and I look and it's true. It's gone up 198% every fucking year consistently, but it goes way up and then way down and then way up and then way down and way up and way down.
Guess what else does that? Penny stocks. Guess what else does that? Dividend stocks. Guess what else does that? Gross stocks. Peloton. Tesla. All these stocks. They go up, they go down, they go up, they go down. And so we own a basket because we're not so fucking smart to think we know the exact one. And I'm going to put all my money in that one. If you're that fucking arrogant you and you win, you deserve to be richer than me because I didn't take the chance you took. Congratulations. So the kid that made 600, I met a kid who put 40,000 in Dogecoin, turned it into $600,000. Congratulations. I would have never done that. Now I might've put 4,000 in there and turned it into 50. I would have done that. But I'm not at a level where, and I asked, he's 22 years old. It was all his money. Can you imagine me as a grown man with a family taking all of my real estate, all of my stocks, my $3 million and pushing it all into fucking Dogecoin? That'd be absurd. But he's young. And you can make that case. He's young. I get it. He could blow out and he learned from it. What would be the lesson you learned from it? Don't do that again. You should have done a position size. Why don't we just start there? Why don't we just be smart? Remember I said, this doesn't matter if you're 16 or 80. Be fucking smart. The decisions are the same. The blueprint that I teach, the millionaire code, time times amount times yield equals millionaire. Like that is the blueprint. You don't need to beat it. Now, if you're going to go for it, go for it. But don't cry like a bitch when you lose. So when it, you put all your money in one and it goes down, then don't be like, Ugh. you knew that when you did it. You knew that when you did it. Eat that shit. That's called fucking failure. Eat it. Don't look for an excuse. Don't code it over. Eat your failure. Own it. And the moment you own it, and the moment you do it, this, guess what? Take full responsibility. Pillar number 10. Pillar number one, how you think is everything. This is a full, this is a fucking philosophy. Philosophy is chief cornerstone foundation of life. Major factor in determining how we live our lives, how our lives turn out is the way we choose to think. And everything that goes inside a human mind in the form of thoughts, ideas, and information forms our personal philosophy. Our personal philosophy then influences our habits and behaviors. And this is really where it all begins. Hey guys, my name is Gerald Peters. I'm the man, uh, founder of the Money Flow Trading Society. If you'd like to check out what we're doing, just hit my link anywhere and get hold of my free ebook. You don't have to die broke. And if you want to learn to trade the way we trade inside of the four stages of price movement called the Money Flow Trading System, uh, ebook's only $47. Hard copy, $77. I'd be happy to sign a copy to send it to you. And uh, maybe maybe you could apply to trade with us. We'd love to get to know you um, and hope this helps and talk to you soon. God bless.